What up, though? I'm your boy, Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast, where I bring you a series called Laker 8216, where we cover the grind of an 82-game-long season, and it takes 16 wins to get the chip in the end. And right now, we had a little a breath of fresh air, a time to breathe, Well, right now where the Lakers have not played in quite a while. But here we are back in action. It is Friday um, afternoon while I'm recording this, so hopefully if you hear this before the game, you know, you, you'll kind of grasp what we're going through right now after having that break. But if you hear this afterward, it's still okay because we're still going to talk about the stretch that we have coming up. So today we're going to talk about unlocking Anthony Davis. What does that mean and how does that happen realistically and logically logically with this team? We'll talk about the returns potentially brewing of LBJ, Dennis Schroeder, and TB, Bryant, you know, Thomas Bryant. So we, we'll talk about their returns coming up. Um, and what that may mean, I'll talk about Kenji Nunn and Patrick Beverly, just a, you know, just a little bit about them. Definitely going to speak about Russ and some interesting comments made and just, you know, a, a good way to look at how he's been most effective as well as we're going to talk about the big stretch of games coming up and, and, and what that may deem. Cause now we're getting into that Thanksgiving window where that rumor came out that, um, the reports that came out that said Thanksgiving was a time where they wanted to see, you know, where we are and what trade could be made, will be made, will not be made. So we are all that. We're going to talk about a little bit of that just here and there. But I definitely want to come back and I want to talk about how we can unlock AD. All right, we are back, and let's just get right into the Anthony Davis conversation, unlocking AD. Uh, we came off a weekend where he had um, a pretty good weekend individually. We were able to get a win against the Brooklyn Nets where he just dominated, you know, the, the, the matchups that he had. They really didn't have any answer for him um, on, on in the low block, on the low post, and then when Claxton went out that game with an injury, that made it even worse for them. So, we force fed and we just kind of kept feeding the beast and allow AD just to continue to do that over and over again. And then you have Laker fans who will come out and say, well, why don't we do this more often? I'm going to get to that. But then we also had a game in Sacramento against Sacramento that was frustrating only because we pretty much had that game wrapped up and we made some plays down the stretch that were probably garnered some frustration from Anthony Davis um, Darvin Hammond, the coaching staff, and then there's Laker fans all around. So let's just dive into this. Unlocking Anthony Davis for the better. And we don't want it to be those games where, like Sacramento, where you had, you know, a decent matchup, but you just did not capitalize and get the dub at the end. Because let's be honest, if 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 AD, you know, is force-fed and we lose, oh, it's still going to be like time. It's going to feel worse. So force-feeding AD. Is that is that really a realistic, you know, goal long term? I don't understand that really being the main thing. Because what do you mean by force feeding? Do you mean just give it to him on the block and allow him go to work? Well, does every team have a Brooklyn Nets problem? Does every team have a, a coach that's not going to do anything but let him sit back and, and, and not force the double teams to come help and be effective? And, you know, so we can't really – look at that win against the Nets and say, this is the formula. This is, but we also can, we, we can't look at that and say, this is something that we have to ignore either because I think it needs to be a priority, but in certain matchups, certain moments, 
and definitely we have to find a way to get rid of these second half like problems we have with Anthony Davis and LeBron James being out of the lineup it kind of had no had no choice because Russ is obviously not going to start the game right now still and closing the game for Russ is still questionable so when we just had AD it was no it was no it's no real reason to to try to go anywhere else but to him first and I feel like that's one thing I'm looking forward to how do we handle the return of LBJ when he comes back how are we still going to be able to have these moments where it doesn't get lost in the hands of LeBron or we don't get Russ you know running 100 miles per hour and we just don't you know like how do we make it a perfect blend or at least a, a balance where if LeBron's in a lineup, how can AD still cook and have his moments where he can really be quote force fed or, you know, get his butt on the block, you know, all these things people saying, but we, I just don't see him being that type of guy that's going to forcefully do that night in and night out matchup wise. I think it's great for him, but that it makes me pivot to something that we've always kind of knew lingered around AD. He does not like playing the five. Could AD at the four be the most impactful thing for us, you know, if we can get a quality five? And that's going to lead to the more of the trade talks. But first, we have to see what Thomas Bryant has. And that's where it kind of falls into play that we needed this, quote, Thanksgiving kind of deadline to see, like, around this time what we got. And with Thomas Bryant being hurt and with Dennis Schroeder being hurt, it really kind of, you know, delayed what we could see. So now we're going to have relatively a full roster if all the guys are good to go. And now we have to kind of talk about the guys who are coming back in. And then we also got to talk about the guys who are probably going to be sitting out. Okay, so that's Kendrick Nunn. And then I have a, a kind of a guess of who the other person might be. Uh, Max Christie, I had to mention before I go to the next break, he played very well. I, I enjoy watching the young rookie get out there. Um, he plays defense um, pretty much just all hard, all effort. Um, he's still learning. Got a game where, you know, he didn't really do anything offensively and nothing, but he had nine rebounds at that guard spot. And that was real big where you got a guard who's fighting for a six, six got a, he's playing, he's playing well. You know, you can tell he's getting used to, um, an NBA role, you know, but we, I'm not going to sit here and say we can rely on that night in night out, but we just got to appreciate him going out there and just fighting, so now, now that we talked about him, and I think he's out with health and safety protocols, so we won't see him, which is going to help free up some of this, you know, this crowded guard room, which we're going to get into. But but first, we get to the crowded guard room. Let's talk about the returns of LBJ, Dennis, and Bryant potentially on Friday. All right, let's get right into it. Um, let's start with Dennis. Would I start Dennis automatically, even though he just coming back from injury? A part of me says yes. A part of me said I want to see him in the Patrick Beverly spot. So what does that mean? That means we take out Pat Bev, put in Dennis. Now you have Troy Brown, um, Lonnie Walker, Pat Bev, LeBron, and AD. I would. I just want to see how that looks as a starting group. Not necessarily looking forward to be like this game changer game one or even game two or three, but just to see how it looks because Pat Bev right now, I'm, you know, I'm just not really sold on him being a starter all the time. Like not just taking him out the lineup completely, but you know, certain matchups, I feel like if we have these slow first quarter starts, a guy like Dennis, you know, he can provide a little spark or just a lot more offensively than, than um, Patrick Beverly can provide. He's still a guy who was able to pick up um, point guards or ball handlers 
you know, you know, 94 feet. He just doesn't have the ability to play up like Patrick Beverly. So that's why you still have to have him kind of in the, in, in the loop. But I just want, I would just throw Dennis out there and let's see what he got. Like, let's see what he does. You know, I don't know. I mean, luckily we had these days off. I don't know how much time he's had. I know him and Thomas Bryant and Kendrick Nunn went down and practiced with uh, the, the G League with the South Bend Lakers, but I don't know how much time he's logged with LeBron and AD and really how much they've caught a grasp of it, but they played together before. Um, or you can go the Austin Reeves route. Like, do you want to start Austin and Troy Brown and Lonnie Walker? But that just kind of weakens your bench. But, yeah, man, I'm thinking Dennis, man. Just go ahead. Let's just, like, we threw Kendrick Nunn out there when he was playing terrible just to see if we can get some confidence in him. Um, Darvin Ham just wanted to see if he can get a spark in him, and it didn't work, but I credit Darvin for trying that. So, yeah, man, I, I would go ahead and I would start Dennis. And this is our last chance right now to see um, a five next to AD and him playing the four. So with Thomas Bryant coming back, um, during minutes of the game, I would like to see Bryant and, and Davis play together because Davis, for me, I don't really know what, you know, I mean, we heard reports, but I don't like him playing the five all the time because when he gets switched up in the ball, um, you know, in, when they get him in the pick and roll action, you know, they get him in any type of ball screens and get him away from the basket. Or if he's going to defend um, the rim, and now you need someone who's going to be on the other side that has size enough, uh, effort enough, big enough to be able to rebound the basketball. And that's one thing that's kind of killed us is when AD goes to, um, you know, um, rim protect or, or you know, a contest a shot, we don't have anybody who's going to come in and try to, you know, take up that space and get a board. And sometimes it's just because our guys are just smaller or some, some of these guys are just not used to being that guy who goes in and does that consistently. So, Thomas Bryant might be a guy we can look and lean into and say, maybe, maybe he can come in and help give AD some minutes at the four where we're not as worried about, you know, him. And I'm not, I'm not saying Bryant is going to be this great rebounder, but it at least gives you a bigger size and bigger presence. Cause unless you're going to rely on Max Christie and Patrick Bev and Russell Westbrook to go in and do a lot of this dirty work on the backside, weak side, or, or, or just to, you know, whatever we're looking at somebody to help get some rebounds. Uh, Brian is worth a try because Damon Jones right now, he's played himself out of the rotation. Doesn't look like this guy's going to get much run. It's unfortunate. Um, he looked better than Damon Jones in the preseason at times. And then David, and then I don't know what happened to him. And Thomas Bryant had a good showing toward the end. Then he got hurt. So I don't really know if he's going to stretch the floor. I just want to see Thomas Bryant's energy at that size next to AD. So that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing over the next, um, you know, you know, course of games that we have coming up uh, as well as LBJ, you know, he, we, he cannot stop the aggressiveness of AD because right now AD has gotten himself into kind of like a little groove where we're getting used to seeing him attack the basket. We're getting used to seeing him attack the boards. We're getting used to seeing him get the ball in his hands and have to turn to make moves. And, you know, we want that to continue, but how do we, you know, get him to garner that at the same time while LBJ is going to come out there and, and re return to the alpha male status that he is. So it's going to be tough, man. I don't really know how we're going to turn it around so fast, but we definitely have to figure out a way. But with the return of these guys right now, I feel like this is a good problem to have now because we have to see this, you know, and the front office is going to be watching. We're going to find out as fans, are they going to make the trade or not after you know, several games. Cause you know, Thanksgiving is the year it's, it's that time of year where it's the giving season. So maybe, you know, the Lakers would give the front office a reason to make that pick. I mean, make that trade. And, um, maybe, um, the Lakers would give us some more wins. So we're going to get into talking about Russ 
and what he can do a little differently as well as talking about the big stretch of games we have coming up where we can really really need to play some of our best basketball to get ourselves in a place where we can convince this organization like hey let's make this trade We are back. And as I was talking earlier about the crowded guard room, um, Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly, I feel like these guys are in danger of losing and getting minutes cut from them. Because with Dennis coming back, and if Dennis Sparks and shows any sign of life and have opportunity to take this in, because apparently he was one of the guys who was going to be used if and when the Russell Westbrook trade was made. And Kendrick Nunn has played himself out of the rotation. Just his confidence looks terrible right now. I don't know if it's going to take him a while to get it, but do the Lakers have time to figure that out? I'm kind of already, you know, just tired of seeing him out there. I hate to say it that way. It's just tough when you know he's not confident. You know he's not going to provide anything on either end. And it's like, man, like, I, I really had big hopes for Kendrick, and he gave us a little tease in the preseason. But here we are. Maybe the confidence kicks in and he gets it back going and being a three-level scorer that he has not been able to be. It's just... He just he's just small out there. Like you, you you can see it, man. He's not really he doesn't look like he offers anything. And unfortunately, that's probably why he's played out of rotation. Patrick Beverly offensively has given us very little. His athleticism, he's never been an athletic guy, but man, it shows when we're in the open court. And it's just like, oh, it's like pass the ball up somebody else. Like, but he does provide us something where you still need a guy like that right now since he's on the roster and you can use his ability to guard up because he did a great job of, you know, bothering and pestering KD. But once they really got, you know, throwing the ball over the top, that kind of went away. But you have multiple guys you can throw at a guy like KD. But Pat Bev provides a leadership and a toughness. And unfortunately, we just can't get him to provide us any offense. And that's really what's happening, man. They're starting off real slow in the first quarter. Um, third quarter's woes have been terrible. And then we have to figure out you know, what are we going to do with our starting and closing groups? Let's move the rest. Fixing the starting and closing units. We've already kind of figured out Russ doesn't need to start. With this With this team is constructed, it's unfortunate. He's better than a lot of these guys. All of these guys who we're bringing in to start over him. But needless to say, he has really found a niche of, of, of where he can be very impactful during the game. So Russ has been better coming in around the eight-minute mark in the first quarter. He's been great in early second quarter action, that mid-third quarter action. He's given us a spark. So it's been great because him in closing lineups has been very, very much an eyesore. He, he, we know him starting does not work with the full. You know, it's just not it's just not enough to go around, to get in the rhythm, let him go at his speed, his pace. But he he's kind of showing us that he is a second and third quarter guy. Like he takes second and third quarter shots, I heard. Not, not him, but I think AD said we can't take second and third sh um, quarter shots in the, in, in the fourth quarter in the crunch time moments. And that perfectly describes what Russ is. Russ is a guy who can come in and during a, a, it's a chunk of the game where you have a lot of reserves in or, or have guys in who, who, who are not necessarily the starters or tier one guys on each team. He can come in and, and be very elite and dominate because he just has the ability to, you know, winning Gabriel has been feeding off him great you know you've been able to see that chemistry there you've been able to see him you know just kind of spark and play well next to austin and and other guys he's running with that second unit they're getting out you know he's having fun Lonnie walker even had some success with him 
But, you know, they, they're not playing a lot of minutes together. But second and third quarter shots in critical moments is what's been a downfall for Russ. So Russ in a closing lineup is starting to look like it's definitely not going to be um, the best situation for the Lakers if they can help it because he just he's very careless with the basketball, but sometimes he's just trying to do too much. And we'd rather him do too much in those, you know, in the meat of the game, second and third quarter, like when the game's flowing and you and you don't have your stars that it hurts you for making those mistakes. So it's just it's just spots where Russ is gonna be great and he's gonna be a six man candidate if he keeps us up, you know, averaging eighteen, you know, uh, was like eight assists or something like that. He's doing doing well in the role Ham has him in, but we still cannot trust him to make you know the right reads and plays down the stretch. Um, the end of second quarters, um, third quarters is not really his fault because we start off slow. So we need his energy to come again in third quarter to try to help us. But very critical how, how we ended, you know, the second quarter against Sacramento. And, you know, it's just it's just frustrating because we don't have those type of guys who can get us through those type of stretches, you know, the crunch time minutes. Because, uh, you know, I've said it before, I love LBJ, but his game is not working that pick and roll of him having this, you know, wonderful plethora of shots from the mid-range, a pull-up. Like, like Darren Fox just cooked us. And it was over and over again, getting to his spots, pull-up, getting, okay, Hezzy, go to the basket, getting to his spots, pull-up, reverse pivot, pull-up. It was just a lot that he has in his bag that we don't have anybody on the team who has that that footwork, that skill set, and just that mentality. We had Malik Monk and, and Lottie Walker, um, and AD against the Nets, they were actually doing a, a great job. Austin Reed as well. They were doing a pick and roll of AD, and that was, you know, was the, the play. Kevin D, I mean, KD even said it. He was like, man, they got to that pick and roll with Lonnie and AD or Austin and AD, and that was kind of the ball game. And we have to figure out how we can do that on a regular. Get to our thing where you know it's hard to stop. You have to do it. LeBron can be that, but he just doesn't have the mid-range game that he's going to consistently go to it so they're gonna always gonna dare him to shoot that and still let him get downhill so yeah man it's just it's just tough man so we're in the spot right now where we just gotta figure out our starting and our closing units and i'm gonna talk about this next stretch of games that we have a chance to get it together and we have a chance to figure out if the trade should be made if we have a shot and get back into the hunt because right now we're only a few games out of the hunt All right, let's get back to the lineup that we have coming up. Okay, tonight, as of now, Friday, we have Detroit. Then we go Spurs. Then we go Suns. Then we go Spurs and Spurs again. Then we go Indiana. Then we go Portland. Okay, so Detroit, Spurs, Suns, Spurs, Spurs, Indiana, Portland. All right. Five and two will be the most elitist, you know, elitist, the most, you know, the, the, the best case scenario, elite level of a stretch right now with us be going five and two losing two games to of course you know who those two teams might be but can we can that be the goal let's see if we can go five and two during this stretch can let's see if we can make up some ground let's see if we can put ourselves in position where this thing is starting to turn around a little bit and we'll see what the front office has to say and has the you know the decisions they have to make so that's this is the big stretch coming up trade coming you know potentially however we fare on this so 
looking at it, Detroit, they're going to be man down. They're not going to have Isaiah Stewart. They're not going to have Kate Cunningham. So that's a chance tonight to take advantage of that. If we don't take advantage of a, of a young team like Detroit who only has three wins and they're down two of their young stars and, and up-and-coming players, it's very that's, – that's going to hurt. That's going to sting. And then we have the Spurs coming up, and you can see Jacoperto and, and, and Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott, these guys who have been mentioned in the trade rumors. We get to see these guys firsthand, and and maybe you know having Thomas Bryant back, and and we get to see maybe a, him go up against Jacoperto, and let's see he takes that personal, and maybe we get to see you know you know Pat Bev and these guys kind of get in there and get something going, and then we have the Suns, and the Suns is going to be a game where you're just looking for the eye test of like. Are we competing? Do we have a shot against one of the top teams in the West? Like, do we have a shot? Like, we need to see. That's a measuring stick game, you know? And it's really important to go out there and let's just show it. And let's just see what we got. Don't get blown out by 30. Like, that's the worst case. Like, it's going to be bad if we lose. But if we're going to lose, let's lose with an effort. And we can lose by five. And it's just because we've had a couple bad mistakes. Don't lose by 30 and we can we don't have nothing to CD, you know, collect data on. Like we don't if you don't if you're not able to put, you know, you know, uh, effort out there where we can CD, collect data, it's a wasted experience for the coaching staff and for the fans who really just look forward to seeing the progress from, from game to game week to week. Then we go Spurs, Spurs back. I mean, like the, the, they just really put us Spurs and Suns and Spurs and Spurs. Like we're really keeping us right there. So right now, if we can get three wins out of Spurs, that'd be great. Okay, that'll be great. That'll be great. Let's let's bank. The, the worst thing is at least let us beat Detroit Spurs. Spurs. You know, let's, let's get at least two of the Spurs, one against Detroit, and then we'll see how we look when we get closer to the Indiana and Portland game because you never know what'll happen between now and then. We got to see how the hell's going to hold up, what the lineup's going to be like. So tonight, what I'm looking for is what is going to be the starting lineup um, that we're going with. I'm looking to see if Thomas Bryant is going to get any run or how much run will he get at all against this young unit um, in Detroit. Um, when we go against the Spurs and the Suns, I just want to see how the stars come out and play because, um, yeah, we need we need our stars to be stars in these games too. We need to be able to pull away from these guys and not hang around and play around with them. So 5-2, and two, that's what I'm looking for. Um, return of LBJ, I'm looking for him. Like, what what is he going to look like bouncing around? Like, is he going to be motivated? Um you know, Dennis Schroeder, like, is he going to go in here and poach minutes away from Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn minutes which should be non-existent, but where, where are we going to get the minutes from? Max Christie down is going to help figure out some of that too. And then Thomas Bryant, are you going to give us the ability to play 80 at the four? So these are the things we're looking for. Unlocking AD, where are we going to unlock him at? At the four to five, you know, the return of our guys. What are they going to do? Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly. How much of that minute's going to get cut? Russ, figuring out how he can continue to make his impact in the second and third quarter, but understand if he if he has to close in the game, making plays that, you know, don't make second and third quarter mistakes in the critical moments. And then the big stretch we got coming up. So, hey, guys, I'm excited. Laker, 82-16. We got a game coming up, several games coming up. We had a break. Time to get back to it. Second swim with this team, baby. 